On today's Murder, She Wrote podcast, the corpse flew first class. But who dies? Is it the captain from the Star Trek Voyager? Is it her lover slash bodyguard? Is it the future voice of Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob SquarePants? Is it Snyder from the original One Day of Time? One Day at a Time. I know you're dying to know. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Murder She Wrote podcast, where I watch every single episode of the hit. 80-90 show, Murder, She Wrote. Starring three-time Academy Award nominee, six-time Tony Award winner, 12-time Emmy-nominated, and multiple Golden Globe winner, Miss Angela Lansbury. Today we're going to be, I am going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 13. Or episode 12, sorry. The Corpse Flew First Class, air date January 18th, 1987. Before I start with my usual spoilers, as you all know, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I do spoil everything there is to spoil about the murder of the suspects and everything in between, but before I get into that, I must report a very sad thing. Angela Lansbury has passed away today at the age of 96, peacefully in her sleep. I am I am very sad, but I am glad that she is at peace and that she went healthy. She has been... She has worked in films since she was 17 years old and left a legacy behind. And I know all of you tonight, as I record this episode, and I will post it as soon as I'm done recording it, are really sad. But when you turn on Murder, She Wrote, she will still be there as if she's never left us. She's left a legacy behind, of course, originating the role of Mame on Broadway with her real-life bosom buddy, Bea Arthur, who she's probably reunited with in heaven. And this brings up an interesting point. I forgot to mention in the last episode, I meant to mention this, that William, William Window had his birthday on September 20, 28th. William Window, of course, played Seth, and he uh, passed away, I can't remember what year, and I think that they are reunited in heaven now as well. As well as Tom Bosley, who also celebrated his birthday on September 29th. He is no longer with us as well. And so they are reunited along with Jerry Orsbach, who played Harry McGraw and also played the mayor, the candlestick, in the original Beauty and the Beast. Angela Lansbury left behind a legacy that all of us love and enjoy. And one of those goes without saying it's murder she wrote. And I promise you, my dear listeners, I will continue until I get to the last season and even cover the four TV movies that preceded murder she wrote when it ended in 1996. One of my favorite roles that Angela Lansbury ever played was not just Mame with Bea Arthur, but she will forever and always be, in my mind, Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast 1991. Nothing against Emma Thompson. I, I love Emma Thompson. She's great. But Angela Lansbury was the OG, the original Mrs. Potts, and she nailed it in every way possible. The fact that after 9-11, Angela Lansbury did a special concert on television and sang Beauty and the Beast and gave millions of people hope speaks volumes. 
And I found out with the pa with her passing, I did not know this, that she was nominated every season for Murder, She Wrote at the Emmys, but never won, which is sad because she deserved every single one of those Emmys. And uh, in close, I just want to say that I hope that she's reunited with her best friends and that they're up there celebrating. And she gets to meet my dad, and maybe he tells her about my podcast. And I like to think from time to time that maybe she was a listener without my knowing. And that we shouldn't be sad. We should be happy. She had a long career that lasted longer than most people's careers do. And she did everything. She did movies, and she did theater, and she did television, and she was fantastic. And I know that um, I might not be as good as her, and hopefully because of copyright reasons I won't get in trouble, but I'm going to go ahead and sing a little bit of Beauty and the Beast for you as a tribute to her. Tale is old as time, true as it can be. Bittersweet and strange, finding you can change, learning you were wrong. Just a little change, small to say the least. Tale is old as time, song is old as rhyme, beauty and the beast. Tale is old as time, song is old as rhyme, beauty of the beast. Now off to the cupboard with you, Chip. It's past your bedtime. And now let's talk about the episode. I'm sorry that I'm getting a little emotional. I, I'm going to miss her. But I know when I watch an episode of Murder, She Wrote, I can imagine that she's sitting here watching it with me. I would have loved to have heard like a podcast where she rewatched the episodes and did her take on each and every one of them. That would have been fantastic. I wish they would have been able to do that. But I hope that she's at peace now. And she got to be reunited with her bosom buddy, Bea Arthur, and Betty White, and Elvis. Because she played Elvis's mother in Blue Hawaii. Not a lot of people know that. And she was not old enough to be his mother. Um, nobody knows how she got that role, but Elvis loved her so much. And so hopefully they're reunited. And William Window, who played Seth, and Tom Bosley, who played uh, Amos Tupper. Hopefully they're all together, including with my father. That's a nice picture. And believe me, she may be gone, but whenever you turn on an episode of Murder, She Wrote, she's always there. So without further ado, spoilers, as you all know, you can stream the, the all 12 seasons on the Roku channel for free, as well as the four TV movies that preceded Murder, She Wrote, when it ended in 1996. Seasons 1 through 5 are available on Freebie, formerly IMDb, IMD, IDM, <laughs> IMDM. TV, so sorry that I couldn't get that out. And all 12 seasons are currently streaming on NBC's Peacock, but you have to shell out five extra bucks to be able to see it. And you might want to do that because Hallmark Channel, oh, and I really do not understand this, Hallmark Channel is starting to show their Christmas movies on, on October 21st. Yes, you heard that correctly. They are going to start showing Christmas movies on October 21st. Halloween has not even ended yet, people, and we are already talking about Christmas movies. I really hate it. So 
Unfortunately, regular programs, I'm thinking like the Golden Girls, Murder, She Wrote, that sort of thing will all be off. So you might want to either buy all 12 seasons on DVD or shell out the $5 because I don't know how much longer Murder, She Wrote will be available on the Roku channel. You never know when they're going to take stuff off there. So, you know, just a heads up. Hallmark is doing that on all three of their channels, I think. I don't know if they're doing it on drama. You might want to look it up. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. But yes, they are going to start showing Christmas movies on October 21st. And I'm not happy about it because Christmas is in December, you know. And I want to enjoy Christmas in December. I'm tired of them rushing it because by the time, you know, it comes... They have played them all out, all the, the the Christmas songs and all that stuff, to where the joy is just taken completely out of it. And it's like, we haven't even got to Halloween yet, people. Why the hell are we talking about Christmas? I just don't understand it. Sorry. You never know where my ADHD brain's going to go. I apologize. Okay, so let's get into this episode, guys. I really love this episode. It is my favorite, along with Night of the Headless Horseman for season three. Right up there with Death Stalks, the big top parts one and two. Absolutely love these, these, this episode. I am now on disc four. Um, so I have two discs left. There's, it's a six disc set. So I have two discs left and I have to watch those and I'm so looking forward to it because I cannot remember what's going to happen what's coming up next and I'm just excited to find out and I'm glad that you're on this journey with me because it's a comfort knowing you're out there listening my dear listeners and thank you so much for tuning in and your support has meant the world to me and you're obviously enjoying what you're hearing, so thank you so much for coming. If you've been here for a while, I love your company. If you're new, welcome. Alright, so let's dive into this episode. I absolutely love the who's who of 80s guest stars. We got, as I said in my intro, we got the captain from the Star Trek Voyager, Kate Mongu which, oh God, I hope I said her last name right, and if I didn't, I apologize so much. Um, wonderful actress. The first ever female captain of Star Trek ever. Um, she she transitioned very well from soap opera roles. She was on Ryan's Hope, and I think a couple other ones. I'm not entirely sure. But she's a fantastic actress. We have the future voice of Mrs. Puff um, for SpongeBob SquarePants. I recognize her voice right away. You know, it was not, it was not hard to recognize. And if you ever wanted to know her name, her name is Mary Jo Kellick. Kellick. We have Pat Harrington Jr., who played the original Snyder on One Day at a Time. Absolutely loved the original show and the remake, of course. And... And I think that's that's all I recognized. But um, I found it to just be absolutely the twists and turns of this episode. You don't see them coming. And I've not seen this episode in a long time. I don't remember the last time I saw this episode. Also, one of my favorite YouTubers, Pushing Up Roses covered this episode on her channel and if you want to see her take on it just go on youtube search pushing up roses and she will pop up she does multiple videos on murder she wrote and it is fantastic she's hilarious and i love her and no she did not ask me to promote her i'm just doing it of my own free will she's probably not even listening to this podcast but you know i just love her content Okay, so this episode is kind of like, you know, Jessica Behind Bars or 
Murder takes the bus where it's set in one location. We don't go anywhere else. We're on a plane. And unfortunately, me, your host, Donald Craig II, a.k.a. DJ Craig, like I like to be called, wish that Spotify would let me put that on there, but they won't. Um, because Facebook does not think that DJ is an actual name. But whatever. Anyway, um, I have a fear of, of heights, and so you will not see me on a plane. And if you want me on a plane, you will have to drug me and wake me up when the plane lands, because there's no way in hell. They would probably have to get me out of there, because I wouldn't be able to do it. It terrifies me, because I've seen way too many movies where things go wrong, and yeah. I don't want to. Nope. Not for me. So we start off this episode introduced to Kate Kate Mun Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew. There we go. So sorry about the mix-up before. I'm so bad at pronouncing things sometimes. Munger, Munger. Um, Sunny Guir, a famous actress, and her lover slash bodyguard. Leon Begard. They are in a... I would say a bank vault. Um, she is getting out a necklace that she wants to take with her. And she gives it to him and they kiss. They are secretly lovers. The press does not know. They then go into the first class waiting area, lounge, place. Don't ask me. I have no idea. And I googled it. Um, it is a six-hour ride from Boston to London, which is where Jessica gets on a plane. And it would cost, now it cost $127. Well, it varies. goes from like $127 to like $285, depending on the time of day or whatever. Because I was just curious. But I couldn't find out how much it would be to do this, to do that. In 87. That was hard to find out. But I imagine it was a lot. And imagine... I mean, I couldn't, of course, because I'm not going to be flying. You can't drive to London. Um, so I will probably not go there. But I could not imagine being on a six-hour flight. It would be it would be very... It would be very nerve-wracking for, for me, of course. But... Leon is basically me. I mean, he does not like flying. We'll get into it. So as they go into the to the first class lounge waiting area place, um, we get introduced to our main characters in this episode. We have Mrs. Methcalf, played by, of course, the future voice of Mrs. Puff, as well as her husband, Louis Medcalf. They are acting very odd and clenching at her knitting bag. Something's in there. We get introduced to Gunnar Gable, a sleazy Hollywood producer played by, of course, the original Snyder from One Day at a Time. And I believe this, uh, this is his second appearance on Murder, She Wrote. He was in um, the episode where a writer gets murdered in New York, but I can't remember the name at this present moment. We also get introduced to Otto Hardwick. He doesn't have much dialogue in this. And we get introduced to Scotland Yard detective lieutenant person. Elroy Pugson. Elroy, yes. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Elmer Fudd from... And rounding out our... Our... We have Kay 
Davis, who is the stewardess, as well as Elizabeth Welch, who is also a stewardess, and John, who just so happens to be on the plane and literally knows about jewelry. And I'll get to why that's convenient here in a minute. And also Dr. Clint Sprayhorn, who is a plastic surgeon doctor who makes a beeline for Sunny as soon as she comes to the door and says that he'll do surgery for her for free. And she says, well, I don't think my looks have gone just yet. And hell no, they haven't. She's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. So just then a random photographer comes in and practically knocks Jessica down. And she gets introduced to Mr. Pugson, who immediately is smitten with her. And finds her to be very charming. And uh, he tells her she's from Scotland Yard. She tells him about her history with it, mentioning someone from the previous episode that I can't remember his name. It's not important. And uh, they all manage to get on the plane. Immediately, poor, poor um, Sonny's lover slash bodyguard, Leon, is very distraught. Like, uh, apparently he has, like, a relaxation tape in a Walkman that he listens to because he doesn't like flying, even when they're canvassing the runway. But, of course, you cannot go by me. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming, you know, that they're... Sorry about my cell phone. I forgot to put it on silent. I'm doing so now. Anyway, so... Um, I guess that means when they're canvassing, that means that they're just driving around the runway, waiting for them to get the okay to take off. Can you tell I've watched a lot of plane movies? Anyway, they go off into the air, and Sonny basically tells him it's safer than being in a car, and he says, well, let's drive to London, and apparently you can't drive to London. I mean, I'm assuming. I don't want to look that up because that might be a stupid question. I don't think you can drive to London because London is another country. So I'm going to assume you can't. Anyway. Um, so his Walkman isn't working. And Sonny says that he can have a few of her tranquilizers. And at one point he gets up to go to the restroom. And literally at that moment. Mr. Hardwick is also coming from the bathroom, and he manages to swipe the necklace in his coat pocket. Very, very obvious. The stewardess, Kay, seems to be very nervous when, when Mr. Pugson, the Scotland Yard inspector, asks for a gin and tonic, and she hands him tomato juice. And he doesn't say, hey, you know, what are we supposed to, you know, take this back? You got this wrong. He just takes it. I don't know why. So the Medcalves, the odd couple, is acting very strange with their knitting bag, always clenching it close to her. There's something in there, I tell you. <laughs> so eventually Sunny gets up to go somewhere she goes up and she sees the doctor and he he asks her if she's brought the famous necklace on board and she claims that she has and he says well would you like to sell it and she said no I wouldn't dream of selling it and he said well I had to try so then when the stewardess goes to give Leon a drink, it's revealed that he is dead. Yes, Leon is the, is the corpse that flew first class. Very clever title, if I might add. I really like that. So Leon has died, and no one quite knows how. 
So immediately, Scotland Yard Inspector Mr. Pugson decides to take control of the plane and asks Jessica to help him in his investigation. <laughs> of course. Um, when they take Leon's body away, um, Miss Square does not seem to be particularly upset about his death. Sure, she does the usual, huh, oh no, but then quickly recovers. And before they take his body away, she says, I have to get something. Well, when she looks into um, his coat pocket to find the necklace, she finds it to be gone. And then she says, one of you is a murderer and a thief. So now we have a murder and the theft of the necklace. Dun, dun, dun. So Jessica and Inspector Pugson are on the case. They start by slowly inspecting everyone's bags. They zero in on the stewardess Kay because they realize she booked this flight at the last possible second. It's revealed that she's meeting her boyfriend Bernie who is in Paris, finding out that the other stewardess, Elizabeth, is actually dating him too. Wow. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I had to do it, guys. It was right there. Okay, we need some humor right now. But nothing becomes of this. It's just thrown in there. And they eventually find the necklace in Sonny's or in case things so sorry so at this point we get introduced to john i can't pronounce his last name he's just randomly sitting there throughout the episode and suddenly just as soon as the necklace is stolen and he realizes the value it's revealed that he's a classified jeweler and literally has one of those magnifying glass things that they put to their eye to be able to examine the necklace how convenient that he just so happened to be on the plane because he just randomly comes back there like he introduces himself when Leon dies and then has no lines whatsoever, then randomly comes back and examines the necklace to find that it's a fake. Sonny is completely shocked. What? How can it be a fake? She literally hands it off as if it's dirty. And I love how, like, before they decide to zero in on Kay, the Scotland Yard inspector goes, Well, she seems rather batty. I asked for gin and tonic, and she handed me some tomato juice. Tomato juice. I just love it. I love the way they say things in London. Tomato. 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 Doesn't matter. Same thing. Anyway... They begin looking through other people's bags and they get to the odd couple, the meth calves. What could they be hiding in their bag? Could there be jewel thieves? Is there a gun? Is there poison? What's going on? It's a dog. It's a dog. And I have so many questions. You would think I'd be able to gloss over this, but I swear I, I can't. Like, I know dogs. I've grown up with dogs my whole life. I don't have a dog right now. Eventually, maybe someday I'll get one, but not right now. But, um, how did that dog stay in that bag the whole entire time? This is a six-hour flight. And I'm guessing we're only two or three hours into it when Leon dies. How did this dog not bark when everybody screamed? How did this dog not get out of the box and urinate? I mean, bag. I mean, how did this dog stay quiet for three hours during this flight? I mean, it's like, it's not believable. And the meth cats go, he's our dog. We know that pets aren't allowed to come over international waters, but we just couldn't leave him home all that time. Now you know, and his name is Bert. Aww. So they're completely innocent, but I love the act of, of like concealing it and making it like it's something really bad and it turns out to be a dog. It's like a total awesome little fake out. Well, Jessica and the Scotland Yard inspector turned to Mr. Hardwick. 
Jessica at some point got up to go to the bathroom. Mr. Hardwick was in the bathroom shaving. Not that he has any hair in his face to be shaving, just something I observed. Because I watched this episode twice just to get the details all correct for you. All. And she realizes when they open his bag, which contains his razor, his electric razor, she realizes, well, if you have an electric razor, why do you need shaving cream? So, they open the can of shaving cream to find the necklace inside. And, of course, John, the magnificent jeweler identifier, comes again out of nowhere, takes his little magnifying glass, looks at it, and says, yes, this is the real one. And I'm like, did anyone ask him to do that? It's just so random how he just comes completely out of nowhere and just does that without anyone asking him. So it seems that everything is resolved, right? Well, no, there's Leon. Okay, so Mr. Hardwick is being arrested for the jewel thief and he also admits to killing Leon. But Jessica realizes that Leon was poisoned. So he did not die of a heart attack initially like the doctor thought. She notices when examining the body that his fingernails are blue. So she knows that he died from poison. So when Leon, or when Mr. Mr. Hardwick confesses to the murder, Jessica knows exactly who the murderer is. She gets on the phone as the plane is landing and basically gets a hold of her of like the inspector she mentioned in the beginning that she knows it knows um, at Scotland Yard, um, probably when she went for to help her cousin Emma McGill. And she says that that they're about to land at the airport and they and Scotland Yard has to be there to arrest the murderer. Well, this is where it gets interesting, folks. I absolutely love this. I did not see this coming. So the inspector um, uses Mrs. Methcalf's yarn as makeshift handcuffs because he doesn't have any. And they go off the plane and he's just going to take his prisoner to Scotland Yard and everything's going to be fine. Well, the real Scotland Yard is there waiting for him and tells him that he must go upstairs to find, fill out some paperwork. And it turns out he's not with Scotland Yard anymore. He was let go. He was never promoted to any of the good positions, so he decided to go on the bad side and steal Miss Guir's necklace. And how the, Jessica figured this out was Leon being murdered was not part of the plan. She also looked at the records of, of the people who booked their tickets and found that Mr. Hardwick had booked three or four possible flights that Miss Greer would be on in hopes the necklace would be there. And she realized that, you know, Mr. Pugson was basically putting on a show for her by even going as far as to taking the necklace out of the can of shaving cream. But when Leon confessed to murdering, I mean, sorry, when Mr. When Mr. Hardwick confessed to murdering Leon... <laughs> That was when Jessica knew he didn't do it. So the former Scotland Yard inspector gets arrested for the theft, but still says he wishes that him and Jessica could have enjoyed a wonderful date together. But who murdered Leon, you ask? Well, it's quite amazing, folks. It's the captain from Star Trek Voyager who ends up being our murderer. Apparently, Leon was going to secretly meet his mistress in Paris, or no, in London, in, I guess, and she realized that he was using her for her fame and her fortune. She figured it would be better to pretend that they were employers instead of lovers, since he was quite younger than she was. But when she found out about his other woman, she decided to kill him before he could humiliate her. Jessica figured this out because she was surprised when the necklace was fake. She didn't. She had taken the necklace herself, planted it among the stewardess' belongings to make everyone believe that Leon was killed 
for the for the sole purpose of getting the necklace and inadvertently killing Leon basically exposed an otherwise good without her realizing it jewel heist oh yeah and Snyder who doesn't get much to do in this episode wants Jessica to read his alien invaders the second coming she basically tells him it's bad and he basically has no purpose and also if you all were wondering what movie what the in-flight movie was that they were watching before Leon gets killed it is the Blues Brothers in 1980 according to the trivia on IMDb so there you go a fantastic episode with so much mystery and different little twists and turns that you don't see coming and it's so freaking great I love it this the way that it's written the way that it's paced you never it's expect it I'm I was surprised both times I watched this episode and it's one of my favorites because it's a true mystery episode not to say the other ones aren't it's just right up there with murder takes the bus and Jessica behind bars absolutely love it all right let's go over the guest stars shall we Mary Jo Catlick Carlet played Mrs. Metcalf. She is still with us and just had her birthday on September 2nd. Happy birthday, ma'am. She is known for Serial Mom, of course. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Let's be cops and the benchwarmers. She's in post-production for When the Moon Was Twice as Big. And she's doing Mrs. Puff voiceover work. She has been voicing Mrs. Puff since 1999 and is continuing as we speak. Isn't that amazing? And she's been in a lot of movies and TV shows throughout the years. And I wonder if she's in more episodes of Murder, She Wrote. She's just amazing. I love her. She was on Days of Our Lives. And That's So Raven. Oh my god. Loved her on that. Doing lots of video games for Spongebob. So she, she, yeah. Saved by the Bell, the new class. Serial Mom was a fantastic film that you all should check out that came out in 1994. I know we're going off subject here, but um, it's a really cool film. It would like made fun of the TV movies of the week that came out all the time about killers and stuff. And she was in this and it was great. She was in General Hospital as Mary Flanagan from 89 to 90. She did some voiceover work for the Smurfs in 87. Oh, this is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. Dang it. She was on different strokes. Um, she replaced Mrs. Garrett. She was also on Give Me a Break. I love that show. Semi-Tough, The Dukes of Hazard. Welcome back, Cotter. Fantasy Island. Um, the original Semi-Tough, 1977. Starkey, Starsky and Hutch. Maud. M.A.S.H. The Bob Newhart Show, and her first movie was The Littlest Angel in 1969. Phenomenal actress, loved her in this. Awesome sauce. She's so good. And I recognized her voice almost instantly as Mrs. Puff. Kay was played by Robin Derlin. Uh, yeah, Derlin. Or Deerlin. Deerlin. She is still with us. She's known for Magnum P.I., Breaking Bad, uh, Ch Chasty? I have no idea. Mike, or no, Matt Houston. That was her last known credit, was that weird movie Chasty. Fantasy Hospital, no idea. Breaking Bad as Emotional Woman. Okay. She will appear in two other episodes of Murder, She Wrote, both in 1991. And she was on the soap opera Generations that did not last as long as it should have. It was a good. I've seen a couple episodes on YouTube. That was a really good show. 
Pat Harrington Jr. played Gunnar Gable, the sleazy Hollywood producer. He died in 2016 at the age of 86. He's known for the original One Day at a Time, 75 to 1984, The President's Analyst, Move Over Darling, and The Man from Uncle. His last known credit before his death was hot in Cleveland. Let's see if this is his last episode of Murder, She Wrote. I'm not sure. Nope. He will appear in two more episodes of Murder, She Wrote in 89 and 91. Good. He didn't get much to do in this episode, so I hope he gets to play a fantastic character in the other ones. Our fake Scotland Yard man was played by David Hermans. I don't... Herman, yeah, Hermans. He died in 2003 at the age of 62. He is known for Blow Up, 1966, Barbarella, 1969, Deep Red, 1975, and Gladiator, 2000. Last known credit, Room, Roma something, Blessed, Blessed, we'll just say that, because I can't do the next one, or the last one. He was on Tales from the Crypt, Father Downing Mysteries, Magnum P.I. Oh, this is the only episode of Murder, She Wrote. He was in a lot of movies that I've never heard of, and... His first, oh, he was in Love Story. I've heard of that. I've never seen it, but I've heard of that. And his first credit was something called Five Clues to Fortune as Kin. He was really good in this. I, I quite liked him. Let's see if Kate Mungrew will appear in other episodes of Murder, She Wrote. What else she's known for? She's still with us. She had her birthday on April 29th. Happy belated birthday, ma'am. You're awesome. But I'm sure you know that. She was in Orange is the New Black, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Nemesis, and Rio Williams something. I, I can't read the rest. It's cut off. Um, her last known credit was in the TV miniseries Flowers in the Attic, The Origin, which I did not watch that. Um, The First Lady, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Star Trek Prodigy, Mr. Mercedes, Orange is the New Black, as I said. Phenomenal actress, I'm telling you. Star Trek Nemesis, I think, was a movie. Um, Star Trek Voyager, 1995-2001. She did some voiceover work for Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series as Red Claw, Aladdin TV series. Oh, she'll appear in two other episodes of Murder, She Wrote in 92 and 94. I love it. And she was in Murphy Brown. And yes, Ryan's Hope, I think, was the only soap opera she was on. And she was on that show from 75 to 89, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. She's, I think she won an Emmy for that. And she won an Emmy for Star Trek Voyager. Sorry, I had some technical difficulties there for a second there. Alright, so we're on Lewis Metcalf, played by Gene Nelson. He died in 1996 at the age of 76. He is known for T for Two, 1950, Oklahoma, 1955, Kissing Cousins, 1950. 64 and crime wave 1953 i was in a production of oklahoma in high in high school that is the weirdest musical i think i have ever had the privilege of being in 
because it just did it was just so weird oh and he was a director he directed uh fantasy island operation petticoat the bad news brace so let's see if we can skip to his uh acting and we can like get to his acting here Alright, oh, this was his only episode of Murder, She Wrote, and then he just switched to directing. He was in 67 different projects as an actor. Um, he was in Fantasy Island, A Brand New Life, it's a TV movie, Blake's Law, 77 Sunset Strip, Gunsmoke, Rawhide, The Millionaire, Have Guns, Will Travel, or Have Gun, Will Travel. He played Will Parker, that was one of the you know, biggest things I, I and mean, that is like amazing. T for Two was another musical, and his uh, first known credit he was is I wonder who's kissing her now in 1947. But they say that he was uncredited in three different films in 1939, two films in 1939, and then a film. This is the Army in 1943. So he had a long, good career and was a director. Before his death. So I mean that's good. The doctor was played by John S. Raisin. Oh yeah. And there was a captain. A captain appeared. And a co-pilot. I think Fred Jenkins. And uh, I forgot to mention that there's this hilarious moment. Where Jessica's like me. Where the captain is there. And she goes. Not to be. Uh. Not that I'm a nervous flyer or anything, but Captain, who's flying the plane? And he says it's on autopilot, so, oh, Lord. Andrew Parks plays the co-pilot. A very, like, small little role, I think. He is still alive. Um, he is known for the lost skeleton of... Casanova, 2001, Donnie Briscoe, Trial of the Screaming Forehead, okay, and The Trials of Rosie O'Neill, 1990, I have no idea. Last known credit is, is in 2020, The Auto, Auto Book Adventure of Big Dan uh, Frauder, Volume 2, have no idea what that is. <laughs> Tales from the Pub Angel, who was on that. The Mirror Has Two Faces with Barbara Streisand. Homicide Life on the Street. And he will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote. Or wait, no. He was in My Johnny Lies Over the Ocean as Russell Tompkins. Oh yeah, that's right. But this was such a small role that I almost didn't even realize. So this is his last episode of Murder, She Wrote, sadly. Uh, Trapper John M.D. Mash, Heart to Heart, Barnaby Jones, Kojak, Kojak, um, Room 222, and The Lloyd Bridges Show in 1962 was his first ever credited role that they put on here. Because sometimes, you know, this could be good. But anyway, The Doctor is played by John S. Regan. Not Reagan, but Regan. R-A-G-I-N. He died in 2013 at the age of 83. He is known for Earthquake 1974 as Chief Inspector, but I've seen that movie multiple times, and I don't remember him being in it. Uh, Quincy M.E., Emerald Point, N-A-S, and B.J. in the Bear, 1980. He was... On his last known credit is Star Trek The Next Generation in 1993. He was on Santa Barbara from 1990 to 91. Generations. This is his only episode of Murder, she wrote. He was in the new Mike Hammer, Riptide, Quincy Emmy, um, Jigsaw John, have no idea what that is, McLeod, Barnaby Jones, The Rookies, 1975. Sons and Daughters. The Six Million Dollar Man, Killer Bees, The New Perry Mason, Days of Our Lives as Dr. Craig in 1973, 
Ironside, the bold one's the lawyer, the bold one's the new doctors. Night Gallery, Mission Impossible, Get Smart, The Felony Squad, The Wild Wild West, Love on a Rooftop, Oh Boy, Gomer Pie, The Fugitive, Naked City, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, was his first credited role in 1960. All right. Good career there, sir. The captain was played by Chris Robinson. And it was a very small role. Blink and you'll miss him. He is still with us. He will have his birthday on November 5th. So happy early birthday, Mr. Robinson. He is known for Catch the Black Sunrise. Or Sunshine, 1974. Ace of Hearts, 1975. The Intruder, 1975. In Everglades TV show 1961-62. He is currently filming The Forsaken. Alright. So he's still working. Just for a week is his full credit in 2022. And he was on General Hospital's Dr. Rick Weber and Dr. Rick I have no idea if those are the same, 1972 to 2013, which I'm not sure if he was consistently on there during those times because that can be really hard to put on here when someone's on a soap opera because it's hard to count the number of episodes they were in. He was also on The Bold and the Beautiful as Jack Hamilton from 1992 to 2005. He was on Another World. As Jason Frame from 1988 to 89, don't recognize him at all. I mean, I haven't seen every single one of those episodes. This is his only episode of Murder, She Wrote. He also guest starred on Hotel, Fantasy Island, The Dream Merchants, Chips, Barnaby Jones, The St Streets of San Francisco, The Manhunter, Catch the Black Sunshine was, was a movie in 1974. Inside the Virginian, um, Gomer Pie again, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea TV show, The Invaders, The Man from Uncle, 12 O'Clock High, Perry Mason, Wagon Train, The Fugitive, Gunsmoke, Empire, 1962, different show, 77 Sunset Strip, Everglades was a TV show. Bus Stop, Two Faces West, and his first credited role is The Diary of a High School Bride in 1959. Isn't that amazing? James, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, played the jeweler John, the random jeweler that showed up. He died in 2014 at the age of 85. He looked familiar to me. He is known for Die Hard. Yes! 1988. That's who he is. Um, The Crinsman Commit Commito, 1959. I have no idea. Midway, 1976. And Flower Drum Song, 1961. Last known credit is 2022. How is that possible? Yorktown, A Time to Heal. Okay. He was on Beverly Hills 90210. Did some voiceover work for The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Sybil. With Sybil Shepherd. Heart to Heart, Old Friends Never Die. Sequest. And he will be in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1992. So we'll go over more of his guest starring roles then. Our jewel thief, Mr. Hardwick, was played by Robert Walker Jr. And he kind of looked familiar to me, so let's see what I know him from. He died in 2019 at the age of 79. He is known for Easy Rider 1969, Star Trek, the original series, and The Ceremony. There is something else, but I can't pronounce it. It came out in 1964. Um, 
Last known credit is 2018, Beyond the Darkness. Never seen it. Um, Santa Barbara, The New Lassie, L.A. Law, The New Adam 12, In the Heat of the Night. Oh, he'll appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1990. But I'm trying to see if I know him from somewhere. He's in the original Dallas, Simon and Simon. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I don't know. We'll go over more of his guest starring roles in that episode. And our murder victim was played by Mark Valentino. Uh, I'm sure I didn't say his last name right, but he died in 1996 at the age of 35. He is known for The Return of the Living Dead, 1995, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, as Victor. Bestseller, 1987, in Space Rangers, 1993. Last known credit, Out of Sync, 95. And if I'm not mistaken, the character that he plays... In Friday the 13th, A New Beginning is the one that causes all of it. He wasn't in a lot of stuff. This was his only episode of Murder, She Wrote. Um, he guest starred on Charles in Charge, Duet, Knight Rider, and Fantasy Island was his first credit. And I guess he didn't act again. It's really, it it's interesting. And I like A New Beginning. Most people don't, but I like it. And, uh... The other stewardess was played by Leah Sodurant. There's two other guys here, Blayton and Carrie, but I don't remember them, and I watched this episode twice, so... I mean, I'll go over their their little things there as well, but I can't remember who they were. Um, the other stewardess, she is still with us. Um, she is known for Perfect Blue, 1997, the big O... Ghost in the Shell, 1995, like anime stuff, which is good to be known for stuff like that. So I'm guessing this is her probably her only episode of, because we got a lot of anime here, and I'm sure she's got a lot of fans out there because she does a lot of voiceover work, and I'm sure this is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. She was in Simon and Simon. Yeah, that's on my episode of Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, so she, she's been doing voiceover for anime since the late 1970s. So you go, girl. Alright, these other guys. Charles Holtz. I really do not know who he played. I saw this twice and I cannot place him. He's known for Field of Dreams, 1989. Space Jam, 1996. South Paul, 2015. And Jag. Um, he's still with us. As his birthday or anything's not there. He's completed something called Landline. He was in Without a Trace. Cold Case. ER. But doesn't say who he played. Jag. And he will appear in two other episodes of Murder, She Wrote. In 92 and 95. Alrighty then. I have no idea who he played in this one. I swear. I don't remember this character. And I thought I said every single character. Vince Howard played Blanton. Um, I think maybe he was one of the Scotland Yard dudes. He died in 2002 at the age of 72. He's known for Star Trek the original series. Legal Weapon 3. The Streets of San Francisco and Barnaby Jones. Uh, oh, he was, he was in We're Off to Kill the Wizard, a second guard. Um, he'll appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1990, 94, and 94. Okay. I swear I don't remember him. It must have been like a small role or something because I cannot place that. But that is all of our guest stars. And it is indeed a very sad day because Angela Lansbury is no longer with us. But, and I'm glad that I have Sweeney Todd 
um, performance on DVD where she plays Mrs. Lovett because I watch that every Halloween. I absolutely love it. It's a beautiful, the way that she portrays Mrs. Lovett is fantastic. And Helen um, Carter did a fantastic job as well. Um, but it is sad, but Angela Lansbury's legacy will live on as long as we continue watching the wonderfully wonderful um, murders she wrote and anything else that she has done throughout her career. And I will miss her, but I have comfort in knowing that she's in heaven with the people that she has had to say goodbye to and she died peacefully in her sleep. She didn't have anything, any pain and she's at peace now. And I hope that that gives you somewhat of little comfort and also, you know, my tiny little podcast here, the Murder Zero podcast. As always, have a great day, night, depending on when you listen to this. And I'll see you in the next one and happy crime solving.